0: Everyone And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me is my String String brother, my fellow podcaster, and uh, just overall good guy, Rob Carmack. Rob, welcome back to the show.
1: Jesse, this is one of my favorite things to do, to hang out and chat with you.
0: I know. uh, I just, every time... Linda throws me a dagger. I'm like, I really want to do a sports night podcast with Rob and JB. And she just looks dagger at me like, you do not need another podcast.
1: Like, yes, please start another podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Yes. Uh, So how's it going? Are you surviving the pandemic as best you can?
1: I mean, as best I can. I mean, we, I, I was telling you off the air that we, we've got three kids, and they're all like they're four, eight, and ten, and so we're, our our house is pretty much an elementary school every yeah. every morning from from eight a.m. until about one thirty in the afternoon. So that's a that's a new challenge that we're we're still trying to navigate. But you know, it's it's giving us something to do, I guess.
0: I ended up when um, I was working home for about a couple months. Um, Chris was working from home. And so we had, you know, two different laptops. You know, Linda watching TV in the bedroom, and I upgraded my internet. Just like I, we've got too many devices streaming to so the just. I needed the extra bandwidth.
1: We're there, man. We're absolutely to the point where like one more like I I can only record podcasts late at night now because my kids are on like all my kids are using the internet for most of the day.
0: Oh yeah, I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. It's a hardship when you can only record podcasts.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. When we ordered, it's like, no, that's a good time for me, Jesse, uh, nine o'clock at night. Well, good. Uh, well, um, in case um, someone is not listening to your podcast, explain a little bit about your podcast and where you guys are currently.
1: Well, we uh, JB Clark and I about. Four years four, – almost five years ago, we started a, a podcast called uh, Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, and we went through every Bruce Springsteen song alphabetically one by one, episode by episode. When we finished that at the end of last year, we decided to uh, do a se- second season where we just did all the albums uh, in chronological order. And as we're recording this, we're – as you and I are sitting here talking, we just released part one of The Promise. We'll be, we're about to drop pro- part two. I don't know when this will go out, but – um, I think high hopes will be the last album that we cover though because we haven 't done any song by song analysis of western stars so that 'll be season season three we'll 'll we'll deal with western stars and hopefully more stuff that he 's maybe gonna put out later this year
0: the so, storm yeah. or whatever they 're calling it yes uh yeah. the the um it i was um, I did a rewatch of West Wing. Speaking of Aaron Sorgan. and I'm now I'm doing that right now. Yes, and it, it so it's so good. It's so good. Um, and then I and then I did the West Wing weekly with it. You know, the podcast where Joshua Molina and Hershey Kerway and they've had all these different writers and producers and actors join me. But so I did the newsroom. There are three, and that's a much shorter rewatch because there's only three seasons. And there's... did they do
1: a podcast for the newsroom?
0: No, they didn't. No, ah. no, I know. I wish that. So anyway, but they one of the subplots. Right? Is we we want to get it right. We don't necessarily need to get it first. Why does everyone need to get the first? Mm. And I thought of that a week or so ago when everyone started tweeting about this is the new album the singles coming on September 10th, the new album's dropping October or something. And, you know, and here's a cover and this is what it's going to be named. And no one knows. Yeah. Right. And it's just, and I'm like, why they have this desire to be first versus, you know, anticipation, like let's yeah. wait till Christmas day to open our Christmas present. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure,
1: no, he, as, as, like, I'm sure most people who know you, The minute they get a whiff of some sort of new Springsteen information, they want to be the first ones to tell you about it, right? right? Like, everyone, it's like everyone's racing to tell you before your Google alert lets you know. Yeah. You know, so, like, I don't know about you. I get all sorts of, like, text messages and tweets full of false information about, like, rumors of Bruce Springsteen stuff that's coming.
0: I, I did think it was very funny today. Um, it, we're recording this on September 8th, which is the fifth anniversary of the podcast, and um Woo! yeah, I know. Ken Rosen was nice enough to write up an article for Backstreets about the podcast. That's very cool. It was very cool. It was a very nice article. But what I thought was funny is I actually had – he gave me an advance copy, and I'd send it to a few people, and including – um the guy who runs our network who's my podcast leader right and today he sent me a text going um have you seen this and a link to the to the uh, uh, article it's <laughs> like yeah i it's about me and this podcast and i sent you an advanced <laughs> one but yes okay thank you for letting me know yes it was. wouldn't that be
1: wild if you hadn't if you were yes. just totally unaware that somebody like, had written that up wow, about you and, yes.
0: and let you know, <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, <laughs> that would be really funny. So yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, So anyway, um, I we talked about this last time, but you are you enjoying the album discussion because you you guys are finding new things to say. Now uh, there is the tendency every once in a while, like okay. We're not going to say much about this song because if you want to know go back there's a 30 minute episode where we go through this song a lot but you guys yeah. do a lot about the context and how they they work together as a narrative. I mean that
1: that's one of the I mean quite frankly Bruce Springsteen is one of the is is a gift that keeps on giving, right? Like I mean this is why we're fans of him because it when he puts out an album talking about an album is different than talking about a song. It and is. it's not just like because an album has more songs on it, but it's also because a song is one part of an idea when it, when it comes to Bruce Springsteen, it's it's like a song is a chapter in a book, but the album is the book. And so when, when you're talking about a Bruce Springsteen album, what you're talking about is not, not just like, again, not just a collection of songs. You're talking about a a thesis statement. You're talking about a whole, like an idea that he's trying to present into the world. And the best Bruce Springsteen albums are the ones where he had a thing that he needed to say. And you could, you can't, When you're someone like Bruce, you can't just say it in one song. You have to write 50 songs and find the 10 best songs that say the thing that you're trying to say. And so the albums – like, yeah, I I really enjoy talking about the albums because it gives you a chance to really find, like, the cohesion. Like, the the, the discussion of – especially, like, when you get to things like Darkness on the of Town or The River. Like, why in the world would you leave Because the Night off of an album, you know, and put it out when you had this other song? Oh, it's because he's not here to write singles. He's here – to construct an idea whereas like if we were going to do a podcast about i don't know like the beatles or tom petty and the heartbreakers bands that i love like those would be interesting like song by song still interesting i think or album by album still interesting but i don't think you could do this specific exercise i don't think you could do song by song and then go back and do album by album because for each of those artists the albums really are just like a house for all the songs you know what i mean and not in general i I totally agree
0: yeah you know. And while this is, there is a theme when you're, whether it's darkness or magic or wrecking ball, um, you know, there there is a theme. Um, it'll be interesting, and, and I'm, i mean I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the, listening to the promise. And then I also think high hopes because in a lot of ways that feels like a collection of outtakes. But, but since yeah. I wasn't active and i'm still not very active in springsteen bootlegs or you know that's just part of the genre part of the fandom i've just never been involved in yeah, so me too. all these were new songs to me you know i except for the like uh the ghost of tom joad but everything else like oh i've never heard this song okay and while other fans were like okay yeah we've seen this we've seen this we've seen this so that's a different perspective and it was neat that he um, decided to put an album out of these things he wanted to share, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's yeah, the promise and high hopes and tracks all sort of have that in common, right? Which I mean, I guess that's why it sort of blurs the line between box set and album, which is like these are the times where he didn't really have a, an idea. He wasn't trying to present uh, like an argument or a thesis statement. It yeah. was. I have these songs and I recognize the value of these songs, but they never really fit together in a way that I hoped that they would. And so I'm going to just give you the songs because I know that people care about this material. And so, I mean and, – and there there are thematic connection points. I mean he, he still curates them, just not as tightly. It's like the, the curation of Darkness on the Edge of Town, for example, is like famously – like he, he was super meticulous about that. Also like Born in the USA, you know, he he recorded like 80 songs for that. Whereas, you know, for these for these other collections, like you said, like The Promise or High Hopes, it really is more of a well, I have these and I like them a a lot. And I think my I think my fans will like them and will appreciate a cleaner version of them. But there's not like I'm not trying to say something bigger with these things. You know what I mean? I I didn't. He's not like pouring over these ideas for years and years like he was with like Western Stars or uh, Devils in Dust or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know. We had we had talked before we hit record that just through circumstances you have you know you're not a SiriusXM subscriber so you have not heard the uh, from my house to yours um, you know sessions and we're gonna no. we're gonna work on fixing that for you but um,
1: <laughs> I also haven't been in the car a lot which yes. is really the only place where I would have the equipment yeah <laughs> <You know> exactly <laughs> I
0: mean? so um, the and there's been discussion among other people that have been on the podcast that um, some musicians have gone through where they do in-house concerts like Martha Etheridge has done a whole lot of this stuff and I believe Jason Isbell has done some you know, Facebook live shows and other musicians mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure if I had started this I would have said oh I want Bruce to do that um, I have been happier hearing him craft these stories out of these, um, the songs he picks and the, the things. They're, picture extended western stars, because mm-hmm. that's basically it. They're like, I'm going to talk about summertime and I'm going <laughs> to talk about the magic of summer and I'm going to pick songs that I can do and play and then tell stories about you know going to the beach as a kid. Yeah. Um, so um, But the reason I'm bringing this up is you also wonder as he and Patty are, you know, locked into their walls, even though they have a beautiful farm. And I mean, you know, they, because they we should all space. be so lucky as yes. to be
1: quarantined with the Springsteens. <laughs> yes.
0: But you wonder if he's like, um, you know, I always wanted to do a doo-wop album. I have about mm-hmm. 15 or 20 songs that could fit. Maybe I should put together a jigsaw puzzle and like maybe in a year or two I'll release this as a, you know, as as a wop album or you know this other if he takes some of those tracks instead of just doing a tracks 2 actually has maybe I'll piece together out of these spare parts, pardon the pun, and build a collage <laughs> of songs that You know, I could build a new album out of.
1: Well, and it seems like I I think he would probably argue that High Hopes was an attempt at that, right? Like because because it was as opposed to Tracks and The Promise, which were both marketed as box sets.
0: Yeah.
1: High Hope High Hopes was marketed as an album. I didn't know High Hopes was an outtake. Like I, I was exactly where you were. Right which was when it was announced that High Hopes was coming out. Also he toured on it. Yeah. And so like he did he did everything an artist does when he's putting out a new album. And exactly. it wasn't until way later that I learned. Like yeah. I'm, I again like you like I I didn't know these were outtakes. I I thought it was weird that he put the ghost of Tom Joad on another album. But right. at the same time I was like well it works cuz it's a different like it's a different mix. He's yeah. you know, he's got the band here. Maybe he just likes the way this feels better or whatever. But I think I think he would probably sit here and argue that and obviously I can't speak for Bruce Springsteen, but I'm I'm speculating that I, I think he would say like High Hopes was his attempt at taking a bunch of different outtakes and trying to create something more cohesive out mm-hmm. of them. Um, but a lot of them were covers also, right, which which exactly. also makes it a little like because, again, to my ear, I was like, oh, this is this is an album. Yeah. But to, to somebody who knows the bootlegs, they were like, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> no. exactly.
0: So interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. So. Um, Not only did I want to catch up with Rob, but um, I'm doing a series of episodes, um, and um, this is – I guess this will be the third or fourth one we've done. But in case someone listens out of order because people do that on podcasts, one of the local sports stations um, used to do a weekly – Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket would do a weekly um, segment where biggest band coming to town. And they would discuss all the artists coming in the next week, and the morning hosts would all debate each of the artists, and then they would all vote. And, okay, that's the biggest band coming to town. And it was an excuse for them to talk music. Well, no one's touring. No one's coming to town. So uh, they started several months ago. um, They came up with Bands of Your Life, which was 11 questions about different bands Band you hate, band you think's overrated, band that is underappreciated and goes on. And the premise was you can pick a band to answer each question. And um, I actually had a couple people, in fact, on one of my other podcasts that I do with my buddies, we're going through that. We did that where... You know, Bob and Gary and Scott and Junior and I all answered those questions. And Mm -hmm. so I was talking about this and Chris, my son, said, well, that's interesting, Dad, but you should you should you should twist it and make it a Springsteen themed. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So Mm -hmm. I said, well, what if I change it from band to song and ask the 11 questions about pick a Springsteen song to answer each question, but the same premise, you can only use a song once. Would that would be fun? And so far it has been. So um, when I sent this out, Rob immediately emailed me and said, hey, I- I'm in. I, I want to do this. This sounds like a challenge. <laughs> so before we get to specific questions, do you want to talk a little bit about your process?
1: I mean I just I, – I treated it like a Rorschach test. Basically just like <laughs> I looked at the question and just like what's the the very first thing that came to my mind. There were a couple – like obviously there, there, there are a handful of songs that I could have answered – At least like five different, you know, and so I had to pretty much like when that happened, I had to be like, okay, I got to move this one over here because like it's it's a better fit in this category or whatever. But for the most part, like I just tried to think like, okay, if I'm just like (laughs) like a reflex of the doctor's office, like put this in front of me, what's the first word that comes out of my mouth or what's the first song that comes out of my mouth? That's that was how I tried to do it. And I went back over and I like I just before we started recording, went over it. Just to double check that I still feel the same way because okay. I answered these questions uh, right after you sent them to me, okay. so I just wanted to All make right. sure I was still in agreement with it, and I am.
0: Okay, well, sounds good. All right, so yeah. we're, song you hate, or in parentheses, if you don't want to be that negative, a song you don't get. So,
1: <laughs> no, I'll I can go song I hate. Uh, working on a dream. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. I really and and we j- we just uh, we just did this episode for the album um, podcast. Working on a dream is. I I I have often said it's my least favorite Bruce Springsteen song that he that he wrote that is on an album. My my least favorite Bruce Springsteen song period is uh, Night with the Jersey Devil, <laughs> but uh, but working I think working on a dream and I I would go so far as to say. I, I don't know that I believe in the phrase overrated or underrated. I think something is as good or not good as a person believes that it is, or what you know. I think it's pretty subjective. But at the same time, I, I almost I'm tempted to say overrated with working on a dream just based on how hard Bruce stumped for this song the year that this this came out. He played this song at the freaking Super Bowl. Yes, he did. This song had no business in the Super Bowl halftime show. He does Born to Run, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Glory Days, and Working on a dream? He had an album to sell. Yeah, <laughs> but still. But that was man, I I like even even now when I watch the, if, if if the four songs are is each a wheel is a tire on a car, Working yeah. on a Dream is a flat tire. You know what I'm saying? Like I hear you. It is it is it it kills the entire event for me. And I was so excited about Bruce and I defended it. You know, like sure. after, after the whole thing was over, it was like, it's great. Yeah, it's got an album to sell. got yeah. yeah, yeah, we we'll think about it. On yeah. it, but it, like the, we're 11 years removed from it. I, I no longer have. Okay. Feel like I have to defend it, and I, I hate this song so much.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, my answer was swallowed up in the belly of a whale.
1: Oh, okay, okay, not a Tom Waits guy, eh?
0: Yeah, no, no, didn't like that at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, song that you think is overrated.
1: Uh oh yeah well, isn't that funny we just talked about overrated and I said I don't know that I believe that. okay I will I will amend the phrase slightly and say okay. a song that most Springsteen fans love that I don't respond as strongly okay, to okay. is she's the one ah uh-huh, interesting yeah and I mean I feel bad saying that like I've I've seen it live and it's 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 a good song I mean look she's I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and tell you she's the one is a bad song it's no working on a dream all right yeah but it's on an otherwise, in my opinion, otherwise perfect album. And I think She's the one is – I think it's the least interesting song on Born to Run. It is – it's the most um, derivative, if I can use that word, song. Because – and overtly, like he uses like the Bow Diddley beat. It's, yes, it's basically exactly. not kind of Fade Away. Um, I I don't – I don't know. It, it's – again, it's fine. Any other artist writes it, I'm like, that's a pretty good song. But it's on my favorite album of all time, and it kind of – um, for me, almost disrupts the flow of of the rest of it. I think every other song on Born to Run is 100% perfection, and she's the one just just isn't. If, if every other song on that album is a 10, she's the one is like a 7.5, you know. And so, in my opinion, and I realize like this is this is why this is in this category, right? Yes. It's, Springsteen fans love this song. Like, I realize like, this, is, this is heresy for me to be saying this.
0: Well, not as bad as mine. Mine choice was Jungle Land.
1: I was going to say, I bet yours is Jungle Land, isn't <laughs> Yes,
0: it was. No, you don't like Jungle <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, it's yes. Cool. We both picked the song from Born to Run. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, for what it's worth, um, I would rather hear Bruce and the E Street Band do a full fledged version of Buddy Holly's uh, Not Fade Away then oh, she's yeah. the one right like or like if if they started in like they mixed she's the one in the middle and they finished with not fade away made it more i would like it better so i I'm think right he's there. done
1: that i think yeah. there are live cuts of him doing
0: that yeah
1: which but, is very cool yeah well, let me ask you this not not to not to divert it too no much, no, but no that's it you've already you've already done like you said two or th- three of these yes. already right yeah which, which which answer on this question who surprised you the most what, what, what answer surprised you the most
0: um so um someone did dancing in the dark which did okay. not shock me you know that, um, i think
1: that's that's a yeah that's not yeah. surprising that's not,
0: um not... you know she's the one i think is right up there with a um i think that's a legitimate uh doing let me look at uh um we take care of our own chris bloom from south africa that was his answer so
1: is that song overrated like can that song be over i didn't know that that song was highly i
0: I mean i in my
1: mind a song has to be highly regarded before it's overrated
0: song he hated the promise
1: Ooh, that's controversial. <laughs>
0: that is very controversial. That's very absolutely controversial. yes. And you know, and I and, and that's why I love about this, right? Because there there is we each have our own kind of individual what speaks to us. And I think um well, let's go. Song that is underappreciated. That's the okay. next question.
1: Uh yeah, my answer on this one is Radio Nowhere. I think because – and in fact, we, we just did Magic a few weeks ago yeah. on, on our, our podcast, and I quoted Eddie Vedder. Like he, apparently Eddie Vedder was in a conversation just a couple – like in quoted in 2017 just randomly telling somebody how much he loves Radio Nowhere. And I got to say, man, Eddie Vedder, he's got some pretty good taste in music, yeah. and uh, he's right. It's it's a perfect rock song, and I think people don't think about it in those terms because it's part of the, the Latter-day mm-hmm. Springsteen catalog. If if he, had, if he had put out Radio Nowhere in the nineteenth We will be talking about it It as one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever written. I I think the only reason it doesn't get played a lot is just because it shows up later in his catalog and it it doesn't have the the sentimentality of the earlier work.
0: And, you know, and he also doesn't. When when he's doing a show, he picks very few from the later end of his career, right? Like, it's not. And so, yes, I agree. Um, I think that's a great pick. And I think to help prove it, right, is the. the montage of italian you know musicians i don't know if you saw that early in the pandemic i will send you the link i'm seeing your face there was a group of there was a group of italian musicians that did a version of radio nowhere and uh, to raise money yeah and it is and you know and they're all individually you know They've, they've all recorded it by themselves because they're self-isolating, and then mm. someone mixed it together. I will send it to you, and you will go, see? Here we go. You yeah. you will love it. Well, so. and
1: I, I almost – for this category, I almost picked a different song from Magic because I feel yeah. like – I think Magic as an album is underrated, and Absolutely. so I feel like you can pick any song on this. But I, the reason I picked Radio Nowhere is because it is such a – because I think I think the the tendency is to think it's oversimplistic. As right. a rock song, you know what I mean, and that it, it, it and to, like you said, sort of dismiss it because it it shows up later in the body. It won't work, but like I said, it is like musicians go their whole lives wishing they could write a song as good as Radio Nowhere, and it is it it's tight. It is it it, it gets in, it gets out. It does exactly what it's attempting to do. It has such a great melody, such a great chorus. Um, the guitars are insanely gr- good. Like every single thing about that song is freaking amazing. So, yeah. yeah, Radio Nowhere.
0: Good, all right. Um, I picked uh, Better Days because I had to find sure. Better Days on my list. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, as I did things a little bit different than you, perhaps, and I love your thought of just going, I went, okay, I have a handful of songs that, I know I want to have on this list, so therefore, which of these best categories will it fit? So, mm. yeah, so very nice. Yeah. Um, and I just sent you the link to that um, video, so afterwards you can check it out. Oh, I will. Thank All you. All right. Um, song that you love. All
1: right, this this one's the easiest one. No, it's Thunder Road. Yeah. You know. Me too. I mean, it's that the, was my pick. The, the, yeah. Was it really? Yeah, it was. Is this was. everybody's pick? Is, is uh, no,
0: Road just like... <laughs> no. Um, in, in Thunder Road comes up uh, other answers, like song you can listen to over and over again, song that made me fall in love with Bruce, great song to see live. So it's yeah. shown up on other, you know, I think, absolutely.
1: Well, and it's the correct answer for all those questions. Exactly, too, yes. Which is why it's the song I love. Yeah, yeah
0: a- absolutely, yeah. i kind of not... not too much to say about it right so yeah has I mean, anybody
1: has anybody said that thunder road like answered the first two with thunder road like no, has anybody not said yet
0: not yet i i would be uh, and and i certainly would respect them because i know that people go chunga land jesse how do you get it yeah. um so no no one has said that
1: I, I feel like thunder road is like the one song where no matter how many times we hear it as, as springsteen fans i feel like it's it's the one song that everybody's like I could hear that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever in all, like I've talked to people who like any number of, like, even like you said, jungle land or people who just don't like whatever. I don't know that I've ever met a Springsteen fan. And I'm sure you've got a listener out there who's like, who will raise their hand at this, yeah. but I don't know that I've ever met a Springsteen fan. Who's, like, I just, I just don't get Thunder Road. I, I feel like it, it's so like woven into the mythology of Springsteen. Like, do you, like, I don't even know what that would look like, you know?
0: Yeah. In fact, um Arlen Schumer, who's been on the show a couple of times, he talked about that, that he believes Born to Run is by far Springsteen's greatest song. And he Mm. is shocked that people pick Thunder Road over it. I mean, he he acknowledges Thunder Road is a good song, and I'm like, well, I, I, I think there's a debate in there. I think you could make the argument, and I would probably pick Thunder Road over Born to Run. So it would be one and one A. You
1: know. I was gonna say it's a it's a discussion. It's a it's a valid discussion, and that's yeah. why it's his best album absolutely. that we can be having that conversation, and, and both sides can have perfectly valid points. Yeah,
0: very nice. All right, song that you can listen to over and over again could have been Thunder uh, Road.
1: <laughs> yeah, could, I mean, absolutely could have been Thunder Road. Um, I I for this one I picked Incident on Fifty Seventh Street.
0: Nice.
1: I. I could I, I could float away on a cloud to that song. Like I the the show I went to the last Springsteen show I went to in 2016 in the Meadowlands. He did this one. It was a sign request, and I about lost my whole mind when when he pulled that sign up and and cute in the band. And um, he, like I I I downloaded that that show, and I I've listened to that that specific version of that song hundreds of times maybe. I mean a, an embarrassing number of times. It is I love that song so much Jesse. It is so it's such a great song and it gets better every time. I like you know, that. I don't know how you can write a song that I can listen to 50 times and make and the 50th time is my favorite time. But you yeah. did it.
0: You know? uh, so I went a little bit off key a, a little off base. I said tougher than the rest.
1: Ooh, I don't I don't mind that answer at all. That's a good
0: answer. Because I just think it it's it, it is you start out and it's just a simple love song but then when you hear people that like there was a young man who had severe physical disabilities and he got to meet bruce uh, behind you know they, there was a story about him meeting bruce backstage and you know he told bruce tougher than the rest is his favorite song because you know that's his challenge that i'm tougher than the rest i can get through that and um and it's just it's I, and i i don't care if if someone's covering it i just am, it's just a song that i just really really don't get tired of hearing
1: yeah it's excellent that yeah. man that's a good pick i'm i'm yeah. into it yeah i like it
0: all right song that made me fall in love with bruce
1: all right this was the promised land
0: oh nice yeah,
1: this was this was the song when when I saw the the first time I saw Bruce perform, I've told this story before I was uh, preparing to um, officiate a funeral and he was performing on the Today Show to promote magic. And he did he did The Promised Land. And I was just hypnotized. Like it, it was I, I, don't, I don't I can't even explain the emotion of it, but I was just so sucked into the TV and just fully in that space watching him in that moment. And I like immediately after the funeral, I went to Best Buy and and bought darkness on the edge of town just so I could have the promised land and I listened to it a bunch and then like when when I saw him live for the first time the following year it like when when he when he did that song, when he counted the bandit and they did that song, I was just elated like that I could actually be in the room to hear him do the song that actually like the song that that pulled me into the whole thing that was it
0: oh that's a great answer that's a great answer yeah man. um I did born to run.
1: I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it is, uh,
0: because um, it, when I went in 2002 for the Rising tour, was the first time, I mean, Linda and I were just talking about that. Uh, we went with some friends, and we were at the very top of the, you know, uh, American Airlines, like, you know, definitely rafter seats, and, you know, and, Linda's like, do you want anything to drink? I'm like, no, because I don't want to have to go to the bathroom during the show. I was so <laughs> excited. And um, and afterwards, Linda's like, well, did you, did you enjoy it? You Because know, she didn't know any of the songs. And I said, yeah, I enjoyed it. I said, I wish I had known more of the songs from The Rising. I, I, I hadn't done my homework. I said, but, you know, <laughs> Linda, if he had walked on stage, played Born to Run, and then went out stage, I wouldn't... Okay, got my money's worth, you know, because I, I wanted to hear, you know, on going on road trips, when I used to have to travel a lot for my job, um, I would have, you know, Born to Run on a cassette or on that CD ready so that when I was pulling out of, you know, to start the road trip to go down to Houston or whatever, I'd be playing Born to Run, you know, it just, so it, it's just a, you're right, like, how can it not be?
1: That's a great. I mean, obviously, it's like
0: it's the road trip song. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. song that changed my life. Now, see, the Promised Land could have been that for you.
1: For sure. Well, I mean, yeah, the song that makes you fall in love with Bruce is the song yeah. that changes you. You know. Um, exactly. I, I will say, my City of ruin. Oh, nice. That one, and I don't know if, I mean, Changed My Life is, I mean, it's, I mean, there's a lot of songs that I would say, like, were critical for me at certain points. My City of Ruin was a song I really locked into. I, I mean, I saw him do it live um, on the Wrecking Ball Tour when he would do the, the bit about, like, Clarence, and, you know, like, it was just a, it, it was an emotional event, and My City of Ruin was sort of, like, in the middle of all that, and I liked it. But I revisited it, a year later, when I got fired from my job, and like that, like the, the Rising album was a was a really critical album for me. I, I, the the two albums that I spent a lot of time with in the aftermath of getting fired were The Rising and Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. So those were my two like go to albums for that period. And my City of Ruins or my City of Ruin was, um, I don't know. It was like it was like this refusal to to let darkness have the last word. You know, and so like this was this was the song that when I would feel angry, when I would feel embarrassed, when I would feel hurt, when I would feel betrayed, I would get in the car and I would just find a reason to go to the grocery store or whatever and I would just have my city of ruin on in the car and just leave it. Like it it was just it was my it was my mantra. It was the thing that I meditated to. It was, you know, it, it was like this recentering message. It was like Bruce was like trying, like grabbing me by the shoulders and shaking me and saying like like hey man, don't let the bastards get you down you know like you they 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 don't get to have the, the final word on you, you know what I mean like you somebody else with a with a checkbook doesn't get to decide when you're done, you know, and so uh so come on, rise up, you know, let may your faith give us faith and so I was uh that 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 one shoot me back to life
0: i um two song comments one um you know, I, I love that they played a little clip of that at the Democratic Convention. They would do, you know, Rise Ooh. Up when they're talking about that, that was amazing. But yes. you could t- – if if I took your story and, and did cut and paste, right, like we were doing on a Word document, and I took that song and put in Land of Hope and Dreams – it, it it could be the same thing that I said. Yes. In Terry, I mean, you know, when Terry Smith and I talked about this, um, I the exact same story. Like, you know, mm. uh, when I was laid off, I was listening to Land of Hope and Dreams. When we had had a family trouble, and and um, and I, you know, I I went to my family member and I said, "Faith will be rewarded," right? Like this mm. train, I just played that. And so I, I I'm exact like I said, everything you said, I could say about Land of Hope and Dreams and feeling the same way. So yeah, uh, that's a great choice. That's an excellent of Hope choice. and Dreams is a great choice. Yeah. That's uh-huh. excellent. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. Song that surprised you?
1: Uh, that would be, for me, that's The Price You Pay.
0: Oh, nice. I
1: that This song was fully off my radar. As much as I, I loved The River and, and like just in general, just like that era of, of Bruce, until I saw The River Tour in Oklahoma City, Where you were also? Yeah, absolutely. And he was doing the full album. Like, even even driving to Oklahoma City with that album in my car, the price you pay was kind of where my brain kind of drifted. Like, I never really locked in on that song. But then when he did it live, it was like for the first... I've heard that song dozens of times. And all of a sudden, when I hear him do it live, I'm like, oh my God, this is the song I've been not paying attention to this whole time? (laughs) And so I... I probably listened, like, the drive back from Oklahoma City, I probably just listened to The Price You Pay maybe, like, a dozen times, just trying to, like, lock in. Like, what have I not been noticing about this? And so, like, it went from being a song fully off my radar to, like, probably in my top 50 Bruce Springsteen songs ever.
0: That's awesome. That is a great story. Um, Independence Day was the song, not Mm. that I picked, but for the River Tour that surprised, in other words, like, oh, like, hearing it on that live tour and hearing him talk about it made me it it was not would have not been on my list of great songs and it definitely did that. Um, can I say yeah.
1: also like that and you, you and I how many how many shows you've been to 12 is that right?
0: Yeah like I think uh, I think 15 16. Yeah.
1: Okay, 15 16. Yeah. I've been to seven. The yeah. best thing about a Bruce Springsteen concert, the most rewarding thing about going to a Bruce Springsteen concert, and there's a lot of things that are great about Bruce Springsteen concert. Yes. The best thing is when he performs a song that you've heard before. And you feel like you've never heard it before. Yes. Until he's done it live. The the moment where you're you discover something that has been right under your nose the whole time yeah. and you figure you find a new song in his catalogue to love. That is the best. That that is that that is finding the golden ticket in the chocolate bar.
0: It is. It is and it's um and you, you're like, Oh my goodness, I, I how did I not love this song? Yeah. How did I, I not care about this? That has happened
1: every, every time I've ever seen him. He's done at least yeah. one song that made me do that.
0: Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree. Um, in fact, you know, when I was lucky enough to go on Broadway, um, I got to tell you, every time the blues version of, of Born in the USA came on a CD, I hit skip. I have no <laughs> interest in bluesy, you know, Bruce and hearing it in context after he talked about going to the draft board and how the experience, and as he, you know, his dad said that that's good. That's good. You're not going. And then, but he says, but I often wonder who went in my place Mm. and then plays that song. I went, how I was Uh. an idiot. How could I not understand that this was the way he needed to play it at this point? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, the so is song, that yours? That's the no, one that the song that surprised me, and you will like this, um, Girls With Their Summer Clothes.
1: Ah, well, it's it's the Brian Wilson connection, isn't it? Exactly,
0: not? right. I mean, <laughs> I'm just going through the album, and all of a sudden, where where is this Beach Boys song coming from? Where is this lush... Harmonies and choral, and I, I just didn't expect to hear that from a Bruce song. Up until that time, "Racing in the Street" was my—I said that is Bruce's version of a, a Beach Boys car song, yeah. <laughs> right? Instead of "409," you know, uh, you know, "Shut It Down," "Fun, Fun, Fun." "Racing in the Street" is his Beach boy car song. And mm-hmm. when I heard "Girls with Their Summer Clothes," I went, "Oh my good I, I didn't know he could do that." And it—it it, it surprised me and made me so happy
1: it's such a good song
0: it is a good song all right now a lot of people don't believe in guilty pleasures you either like something or don't but the question is song that is a guilty pleasure
1: all right so the, yeah I'm, I'm with you I, I think guilty pleasure is like it, it is sort of like a nebulous idea right so right. we sort of have to define what do we mean by that like is it something that's bad that we think is good or is it sort of um, kind of in, in, like in the underrated camp. Also, it's like, right. it, like basically a song that you know if you tell people you like the song, no one's gonna think you're cooler. Exactly. You know, like that to me, that's the guilt. That like it, it, it is, it is the public perception of telling somebody that I like the song is voluntarily making this person not think I'm cooler. Exactly. Like, you know, and and so it is. So yeah, so that that is sort of how I house the concept of guilty pleasure. It's about other people's perception of a thing. Right. So, uh, my answer to this is all or nothing at all.
0: Oh, nice. Uh
1: this is it it's not that complex. It's not I mean I anybody who's like I don't I don't like that song, it's fine. I understand. And I it was another one of those songs that that I never thought about at all until we saw him and in
0: Houston, right? When he did that and he goes, "It's a sleeper man. It's a sleeper. It's got potential and it's just a great song."
1: It blew the roof off the play. I mean it was an yeah. open it, it, it was an open air venue but it still kind of yeah, blew the roof did. off. the Yeah, it did. Yes, absolutely. And I thought like oh my, like it was another one of those situations that that show by the way that Houston show there were probably like a half dozen songs yes. that he did that to me on. And um and all or nothing at all was one I was like if you would if you were going to tell me as I walked in here like listen he's going to do all or nothing at all and he's going to make it a five star star song for you. I'd have been like you shut up.
0: Yeah, there's so, no way. Don't yeah. be telling
1: me lies while I'm walking into this Bruce Springsteen concert. Exactly. Conference. I mean like
0: but it oh, yes it did. That's it's perfect. Um so I love your explanation because mine is that it's perfect. I just love waiting on a sunny day. I <laughs> can just I about that. That's a great uh, one. Right? You know, I just I get that your people are tired of him doing it with the kids and and I get it but I I just it's a it's a funny song. It's a fun song. It it just it and I I told a story when I was talking to Terry, so I apologize if you guys heard this, but Rob hasn't. Um, You know, I was at DragonCon, one of my first times, and historically it takes an hour and a half to pick up your ticket at DragonCon. You're just it because there's so many people, and Mm. I've got my MP3 player because that's how long ago it was, wasn't my phone, and I put Waiting on a Sunny Day in repeat because. Every time we would march, you know, you you make some step. I did kind of march to it, and it's just a fun song. And so I I, I get people, especially on Twitter, hardcore fans, oh shoot me, worst song you've ever done, and I just like I just love it. I just think it's a fun song.
1: It is a fun song. Well, in and JBN, and I talked about this on on the album episode too, where we talk yeah. about the rising and. And and you're right. Like there's a lot of people who feel negatively about this song. But then if you look at the track listing on the album, um, I'm gonna look at it and make sure I, I got it uh, straight. But like so, it comes out. Of, it's track three. Track two is into the fire, which is about yeah. firefighters walking into their own death on nine eleven. And then track four is nothing, man which right. is about somebody who has survivor's guilt. And so if you don't put waiting on a sunny day right between those two things, by the time you get to track 5, you're ready to drink an entire exactly. bottle of tequila. Exactly. You know? and so,
0: That's perfect.
1: Yeah, so waiting on yeah, waiting on a sunny day is exactly what it it, it is it is the sunny day yeah. in the album. It, it's reminding you that this album isn't just about grief, it's also about hope and you need both. And yeah, hope can seem a little over earnest and it can seem a little syrupy sometimes, but you know what? When when things are that dark, sometimes you have to ratchet up the hope to an absurd level for it to even like for for people to be able to even hear it. And so I think that's what he's doing on that album. So I think Waiting on a Sunny Day is great, specifically for what it does and why it does it. What it does. Absolutely. You know,
0: I also think he wants to be a grandfather, and that's why he's well, right. ringing the bells. <laughs> all right it's very endearing
1: man it is it's it's very baby kissy it's 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 very it's great yeah
0: all right song you wish you had seen live growing up oh yeah that would be great
1: I saw at the at the last at the one in the Meadowlands that I saw. He did a bunch of stuff. He, he he did. It was the he opens with New York City Serenade, and it was it was right when he starts promoting the book. And so he starts like going back, like digging deep into his back catalog. And so he did a chunk of songs from every album in chronological order. It was amazing. It was one of the coolest yeah. things I've ever seen. But and so he does the greet the greetings from Asbury Park set. And he does like five greeting songs, but he doesn't do growing up. And so, like, look, I'm not I'm not going to walk away from a show in the Meadowlands like that and complain. Okay. But if right. somebody had, like, caught me on the way out and been like, hey, was there anything that you thought, like, maybe he'll do this, but he didn't do it and you were a little bummed about it? I would have been like, yeah, I would have loved to have seen him do growing up.
0: That's such a great answer. That's a wonderful Thank answer. You. Uh, yeah, mine <laughs> was my favorite. I, I've never heard him do Jolie Blanc it's just oh. a cover but it's it is just on my wish list of someone uh, you know I, I i've seen it on youtube i've seen him do it you know as an audible and it just looks like it would be a fun song to see live mm-hmm. and yeah. um and as I shared with Terry, uh, my college, that was my college fight song, too. Magne ah. State University, Jolie Blanc. Every time the Mackney State Cowboys scored a touchdown, the band, marching band, played Jolie Blanc.
1: So it's a sentimental thing. It is a sentimental care. thing,
0: yes, absolutely. All right, last question. Great song yes. to see live.
1: Um, all of them?
0: Yes. But,
1: um, <laughs> but really, my answer is no surrender. Yes. And... And and the reason is because of exactly that then you've interviewed the the guys. Yes, from, I did. I University had the Flores brothers. brothers. Yes, and um, that if you were going to ask me like, and I, I mean, we have a whole other conversation about live moments and everything like that. But yeah. if if you were going to ask me like, what is what was the single most joyous experience you've ever had at a concert? Not just a Bruce Springsteen concert, any concert. I would have said Houston, 2014, when he pulls up the Flores brothers with the sign request and they do "No Surrender." And I have never it's not just that I felt joy, it's that those guys were radiating joy. It's it's that they, they had they they had joy coming out of every pore of their body. I've never I've never seen such infectious happiness as I have when those two dudes were up on the stage with Bruce doing No Surrender. I I could relive that moment a hundred times. It's my it's it's the one moment I tried to explain to people so many times, and nobody nobody who wasn't there gets it. My, you, cannot, you cannot fully explain yeah. how amazing it was.
0: So one of my best friends, Sam, was at the show with me. He and Linda and I drove down, and he tells the story. He said, oh, no surrender. Oh, Born in the USA song, we've heard that way too many times. Mm. And all of a sudden, these brothers get on stage, and he said, if someone said – Define me what joy is, (laughs) Sam. He said I would pull up this clip and I would play it and I go – he says that is the definition of joy. You watch that four or five minutes and then walking around, thanking all the band members, members, knowing every lyric, Bruce enjoying it and Tom Morella. I mean the whole band – Always has fun when they play, but you seem like they just moved it up a notch with these kids there.
1: Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. Not just, not only was the joy contagious, the whole band caught it, and the entire rest of the show was better for it.
0: Yes, it like, was.
1: They, those, those, the Flores brothers gave everyone at that show a gift of a better E Street Band show. Yes, because of that. Like that was that's an amazing thing. And you, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like if you if you want to look, know what joy looks like, physical actualized joy go find the youtube clip of those two brothers like up on the stage with the, with Bruce like may we all i mean I, the greatest blessing i can offer to anybody is may may you all have a moment in your life that gives you half as much joy as those two guys had at that Bruce Springsteen show
0: it was amazing it was so yes. wonderful um yeah a great choice great choice um mine was 10th avenue Free out great answer because the, the whole, they keep playing the intro over and over again, you know, and they mm-hmm. just, they keep playing that at piano introduction over and over again, and he's walking around the stage. And then I also think of on live in New York, you know, like for the reunion show where 10th Avenue Freeze, that was like a full concert, like a 10 or 12 minute, you know, gig. Yes. And, you know, uh, so that was, I was like, I just love that song live. And I just, and every time, and. We now get the the somber moment when we remember Danny and Clarence. Uh, so it just is a little miniature capsule of what a Springsteen show is. So that was my pick.
1: That's a great pick too. Well, and, it, and it's so it, it, it is it is the encapsulation of like the mythology of the E Band too, yes. right? So so it's all like and the older they get and the longer like. You know, the the closer they get to the, I mean, not to be all like morbid about it, but like the closer everybody gets to the end of this journey, the the richer and more textured that song becomes, just in our own consciousness. And so, yeah, it means like every single time I've seen him do it, I don't, I don't, has he done it at every show I've seen him at? Like he he's done it a bunch.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah.
1: Um, he opened with it the first show I ever saw. So technically, it's the first song I ever saw him do live. Yeah. But like every time he does it, and you're right. Like in 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 a post Clarence, post Danny world, it does sort of have there's a there's a depth to it that it didn't have before. Right. But like the older he gets, there's a depth to it too. Yes. It's like we are like because the way the way for people to remember you is to to constantly teach them how to tell your story. Right. You know. And so in doing that song, he's reminding his fans: this is how you tell the story of all of us once we're gone. You know. And so. Yes. Full, fully agree on that answer. Like that's a, that's a great one.
0: To Very pay. nice. Cool. Well, thank you, yeah. Rob. This was fun. I loved your super answers. Fun. Yes, it is. It is a, I, I think it's a fun exercise and because it, it, it's always fun to talk to Bruce, but this leads you to kind of talk some other things in different avenues. So I appreciate that. Anything I didn't ask you, I should have and in, in our catch up. <laughs>
1: uh i don't i don't know is can you think of anything
0: i can't think of anything i know that we are um as we said we're eagerly hoping there's a new album we are hoping that there is a well i i said this on twitter um please take this with the grain of salt 2020 has been a horrible year right i mean there. I mean,
1: it's, un, it's unarguable at this yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. um but, but I said, if we get a new Spring Scene album in October and a new president in November, it may have just kind of salvaged the year from being absolutely the worst year ever. Will it have been worth it? Yeah. yeah. I think that is greatness. And I know we're all counting the days till there is a uh, vaccine that works and that we can get back to... Seeing each other in person and sharing meals and sharing music and talking, it's just something, you know, we're all just missing. We're missing terribly.
1: I mean, can you imagine the feeling, the emotion right now? Like, imagine a year from now being able to walk into a Bruce Springsteen concert.
0: I i will guess you, because I'm doing this right now, I would think from the opening sound, I would have tears in my eyes.
1: I was going to say, like, you yeah. I, I mean, I may have tears in my eyes the first time I go to a movie theater without a mask on. You know yes, what I'm saying? Like exactly. I, like, the idea of going to see Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band again, like, it's almost too much to hope for. And yeah. so, like, the idea of being able to, to like, walk into American Airlines Center and, like, have to see them all walk up on the stage, like, I – my brain cannot process what that would feel like after all of this, you know?
0: Yeah, I can't either. Uh, I just – and to have that sense of community again, um, yeah. that feeling of you know, you know, siblings that were next to each other, you know, brothers and sisters and siblings that were, you know, we're just there together, all united in the cause of, of the band and their music, uh, would yeah. just be something amazing. So,
1: let it let it be so, Jesse. I Make can it
0: only, right. I can only imagine.
1: Get to work right. on that vaccine. I yes, assume you've been exactly. working on it in your kitchen. Oh,
0: absolutely. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> we're working on the dream, so to speak. <laughs> working on a dream. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I enjoy that. Um, if someone wants, first off, tell them how to hear, find the podcast, and then how to find you on Twitter.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, the podcast is Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. Our website is alphabeticalspringsteen dot um we are almost to the end of season 2 we'll we're going to figure something out season 3 wise we'll, we'll we'll keep it going we just don't know what it's going to look like yet so uh but we've been here before so uh, that's that's how you can find us on the on the podcast my personal twitter is at rob carmack just r o b c a r m a c k
0: at this point rob and i were kind of wrapping up our conversation and we went off on a couple of tangents that are more political than I normally get, a little deep on the episode. So I wanted to give you guys a warning. Uh, at this point, our discussion goes more toward the state of things are in both our houses, how we're dealing with it, and our thoughts about the political situation and how a lot of people seem to be uncaring and being uh, candidly hypocrites that um, in the past they've always talked about kindness and loving and then they support someone who isn't kind and who isn't loving um, all for political gains. So if you don't want to hear this, go ahead and end now. Uh, If you do want to hear Rob and I kind of talk a little bit emotionally and uh, share our feelings, keep listening. Either way, thank you so much for all the support and love. so <laughs> yeah, when you're not uh when you're not podcasting and uh being a uh, elementary school uh teacher right
1: yeah when i'm not yeah when I'm not teaching a kid how to like make bubble traps and build like homemade water aqueducts for history class or whatever yeah
0: um one of the guys that's on my how many podcast is a kindergarten art teacher he is an elementary school art teacher and he was talking about that like he's having to do you know, virtual classes. So it's like, okay, you know, like for kindergarten, we're going to talk about shapes of so a line. What is a line? And like, go find lines in your house, you know, and, uh, yeah. and just trying to get shapes and other things. So, um, it's tough. It's tough. And I, like many employers, a lot of my staff have kids and, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can make sure that they are there when they're you know they're doing homeschooling, and then still work around their schedule so they can work. Um, it, it's, it's just a really—it's t- just a scary, difficult time.
1: Yeah, it really is. Every, everything is hard. I, I don't—I don't remember if I used this metaphor the last time we spoke, but I—I'm I, borrowing this from Kumail Nanjiani. But he was talking about how he, like, since the pandemic started, he—he he was talking about how he, when he plays video games, he sets the difficulty level to easy. When he used, didn't used to just during the pandemic, like that's yeah. the thing he started doing. And he said the reason is because the entire rest of the world is like the difficulty level has been set to extra hard. Yes. And so like everything, ev- everything, going to the grocery store, getting um, like, yeah, like ha- getting my kids through a school day. Like everything has gotten just like 30 percent harder than, it used, yeah. than it's ever been before. So, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it just is. Well, I mean, I just, and we talked
0: on. about this last time you we were there, and I'm sure this has not gotten easier Um. For those of you who have not listened to a previous podcast, um, you know um, Rob's day gig is he is a pastor, and that mm-hmm. means you should be there emotionally, physically, for your parishioners and for people who need you, and you can't now. Yeah. You know, and and so how do you? Um, my brother-in-law, uh, father passed, and um, they only let like twelve people at the funeral. So, you know, um, I've known Clayton. Well, Linda and I have been married 35 years, and he started dating Linda's sister like three years before we got married. So 38, almost 40 years. And I, you know, Linda, Linda, I and Chris didn't go to the funeral because they only allowed so many people, and it just felt wrong not to be there. From you know, in all in all practical things, my brother. When we've been brother-in-laws that long, we are brothers, and I couldn't be at my brother's dad's funeral because of. Things And I can only imagine the the frustration you must feel not being able to be there for people that you care and love about.
1: Yeah, well, and you do start to worry that you're a lot less useful to people than you ever thought you might might be. And like it, it, it is because, yeah, like there and, and there are some people who, for whatever reason, are not taking this as seriously. And so they still want you to like like I, I got asked to do an out of town wedding like in next month. Wow. And like, look, I got a I got a kid with asthma. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not doing a wedding down the road. Much less like going to another like going out of town and staying with your like grandparents or whatever, you know. And so like, um, so yeah, like, like the the things I've had to to not do has has have been making me feel really like a little useless. Quite like you were just saying, like, just like how how can I do like these very basic parts of my job? In a time where like being that close to people is dangerous, not not for me always necessarily, but for like if if I get something and I hand it off to somebody else like that's you know, that that is that is a thing I'm trying really hard not to do, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, man, it's hard.
0: Well, um, I know you're doing your best and I know that you are um, we're all thinking good thoughts for not just you, but um, everyone involved uh you know we've we've got to pull for each other and i won't get too political at the end but i just don't understand some of our politicians and and people of leadership roles that just do not seem to give an f and just blatantly don't i mean um it was interesting right um and i think this is i'm gonna borrow this from there is a um Shipping Room podcast, which is um, Tamara and Chrissy basically talk about TV ships, you know relationships. There's this whole fandom thing about you know shipping relationships, yeah. and yeah. she was talking about that. Um, there was a discussion about her and her friends about helping the post office. Everyone agreed, we want to help the post office, we want to be support. And half the people were like, well, we should buy a lot of stamps and then just throw them in a drawer. Because then the post office would get the revenue and they wouldn't have to do anything to earn it. And hmm. then the other half's like, no, 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 we should buy a bunch of stamps, but then we should write letters, and we should send letters to people to increase the traffic, so that the post office would actually, their, the amount of mail they go, it would, it would help them feel more important. And so there was this spirited debate, and she said she wants the country to get back to. They each had an we they had a common purpose. We want to help the post office, and then a spirited debate on which is the best way to help the post office. And um, you know my friend Tom Zoller used to always say, you know, I want safe borders. We just disagree how to do it. I want everyone to have health insurance. I just missed we made just debate on how to do it. And I just that's my hope is we need to get back to we have a common purpose. And we just debate on what is the best way to execute to that common purpose,
1: yeah. and
0: it just seems miles and miles away.
1: It really does. It, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm beginning to this. This is this is a a deep hole that we could we could go yeah. down if you if you want. If, I mean, I've got the time if you want. to Yeah, I dip. do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, like I. Uh, it it it's, it's really disheartening and it's really frustrating to see people, especially like people that you've known for a long time or people that you have, you know, like spent a lot of time thinking, like, I feel like I know this person and I feel like I, I have a, have a certain amount of understanding of this person's like moral center. And then to sort of see that person or that group of people say and do things that you think like, wait, how, like, how did how did we get to this? Like, how did how did you become a person that I now feel like I have to just like defend basic human decency to? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what? Yes. How have we all like digressed in our in our progress as human beings? Like in like there are people there are people who 20 years ago were telling me, like, how important it is for leadership to have like a certain like a a deep moral center who are now. Absolutely not making that argument. No, and and like you're the one that taught me that. You know what I mean? Like I somebody I know was, uh, said the other day. Like I I grew up with people telling me that I, that we should expect our elected leaders to have a certain moral center. And now that I am believing those things, to that those people, those same people are now calling me a socialist they're you know they're call, they're calling me like a like like a libby socialist because i'm saying back to them the things that they told me 25 years ago you know what i mean so yeah um anyway yeah.
0: no no i i i i am right there with you and i um and i apologize listeners we we won't stay on this too long and we'll wrap it up but um the, the i see people and i go how can you like how can you support something there is multiple news agencies reporting um, about statements that President Trump made about military that and and, and there's like nope, I just don't agree it like Fox, you know NBC, CBS, Wall Street I mean uh, all these factual places are going, yep, that's what he said. And like, oh, well, no, I just aren't going to believe it, and, and it doesn't matter anyway. And and I just don't – I don't mm. – how you – how do you miss out on compassion? How do you not care? How can you not – we had a huge argument about, well, you just aren't wanting to support the police. I, I want to support the police a lot. I'm just saying there, we need to have a discussion about the proportionate amount of people that are being hurt,
1: yeah. right? And, yeah, can you can you not like reasonably support and like the the institution of law enforcement, but also believe that people who are law enforcement officers shouldn't murder unarmed people? Like, is is it that dissonant to believe both you know what I mean? To be like, I'm grateful that there are police who are protecting my neighborhood. I also would love it if the police wouldn't shoot people. Like yeah. I can feel both things, right? right? Like that's that's allowed, I think.
0: It, yes, I mean, like that—that that shouldn't be controversial. It shouldn't be controversial to say, I—I—I I, I, I believe in, you know, I—I—I um, I, I, I believe that we should be able to have fair and and free elections without having to. Well, now then, we want to shut down mail-in votings, or we now you need to have we're going to do everything we show to stop voter fraud when uh, you know one in one thousand millionth of voter fraud. It's just it, it just it is a blatant. You, it appears, and I will not mm-hmm. be judgmental, uh, Rob, but it appears there's just a center of hate and spite in in some of our leaders that I just don't understand. It, it yeah. just it makes me sad because this is not we we have expected better of people and you're right that is not how I was raised this was you were supposed to be we hold these people to a better standard because they, they held themselves to a better standard.
1: Well, it's it's super disorienting, isn't it? Like yeah. if if you if you've lived your whole life with a certain idea of this place and this you know like who we are as a society and over the last half a decade, what we've sort of seen is sort of like a a chipping away of like those ideas and that that self-perception. And so it isn't just like, oh, this is very disappointing. It is like, well, who are we supposed to be? You know, like if 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 all the things that I internalized as a citizen turned out to be a lot more fragile than than I thought they were then who does who does that make us in like well, like who are we supposed to be in the world and I mean I realize that there are a lot of people specifically like people of color who have been this whole time being like yeah well welcome to our world like this is yes. how we've been feeling the whole time but it's still like yeah yes that's that's probably true and I probably should have gotten here earlier but there's also this sort of like well I don't even know like like it, it, it really it's it's very disorienting it's it's not like losing your faith like it, it you it is a um it is a deconstruction of a thing that you once just sort of took for granted, you know
0: you know Rob, when um, someone close to me um, shared something and and they were they they admitted how horrible this is, but they said i'm i I'm just so tired of going and watching the news of hearing about Black Lives Matter and the, the people protesting, and, and here's another murder, and I'm just tired of it, and I realize, and they're telling me the story, and I realize I haven't lived it my whole life. Like yeah. okay yeah I'm feeling it and what about someone who's a 40 year old black man or a 30 year old black woman yeah you know they're looking at you like oh really you're tired yeah. how about us you know and they're that self aware and it just it is um, it I worry as And and I have an adult child, so I don't have the same worries you do as a young children. But as a manager of a team, I worry about my team that, you know, there's a pandemic. um, They're worried. There's social unrest. There's all this political noise and all this just ramps up the stress. And then, you know, in my Company, we're an inbound call center, so it's busy, and you just, I, you know, we kind of, I keep going to my team, going, hey, if you just need to talk, call me, like, you mm. just tell me when you're getting stress overload, and let's just, you know, let's take a minute, let's just visit, because uh, I, I, th- it's, it's scary out there, and it's, it just, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know, short of a Bruce Springsteen concert, it's going to bring me joy <laughs> again. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah man it, mm-hmm. it, it and you're absolutely, yeah I, I feel that too like it just there's a heaviness to everything. Yeah. and um i it if I may it feels like we're all like desperately waiting on a sunny day does it not
0: yeah I mean it is it is you're like okay let's you know what what do we need and and so um and I do think that that's one of the reasons why um you know, like I love Jason Iswell's new release, right? And yeah. and his and you know, and just what am I you know, and his song It Gets Easier but it's never easy just and I've never had a substance abuse issue but that song really spoke to me about the struggles he's had and how and and I get that feeling not just about abuse about substance abuse but just life in general. It gets easier but it's never easy of really spoke to me. And um and and I do think I I find myself um watching a little more comedy on TV. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, I'm podcasting more, trying to talk to people to, to get we usually don't get this deep. We're talking about fun Springsteen stories and <laughs> things they want to hear to try to get that sunshine out there. and uh, and I feel like you and JV do that when y'all's discussions. so I appreciate that.
1: Um. Well. Likewise, Jesse. I I appreciate you saying that. it's. It's nice to. It's nice to to know that we're not just like speaking into the void. You yes. know. So. <laughs> it's it's and it's it's always fun to to check back in on you. I'm I'm glad you and I have gotten a, cha- a couple of chances to talk since since this whole thing has started.
0: Absolutely. All right. Um. We got a little deep. Thank you guys for bearing with us. But you know. Rob and I needed this catharsis. We needed to share it with each other, right?
1: Yeah, thanks for eavesdropping on our private conversation, guys. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but for now, please take care of yourselves. Remember to wash your hands. Remember social distance. Wear and as mask. Bruce says, wear an mask and mask. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And take care of yourself, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Brew Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now, who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talk hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set and Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.